Welcome to the first episode of Polycast. This is a show where I explore the lives of Cal Poly students, faculty, and alumni, revealing the abundance of opportunities and unique paths taken. I'm excited to sit down with some incredible people from a wide range of backgrounds and hearing them share valuable knowledge from their fields of expertise. In this first episode, I spoke with Kevin, a good friend of mine, and learned about some really cool projects and internships that he has been a part of. This is David Kozik, and you're listening to Polycast. So, Kevin, fourth year, ITP major. Give me a little rundown of your little background. Introduce yourself. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, so my name's Kevin Sun. I'm a fourth year industrial technology student uh, in the College of Business, Orfila. Uh, so industrial technology is kind of a really unique major that kind of blends engineering together with business. So uh, we do a lot of stuff with operations management, and uh, that's my concentration is operations. But uh, essentially what we entail is uh, making processes better, how to manufacture something in the most efficient way. And rather than taking high-level calculus and high-level physics class, we take more business-oriented courses. So it's like a really unique major where like, yeah, it blends the business and engineering aspects. So you're doing engineering, but in the College of Business. Yeah, or you can say, I'm a business kid who's doing engineering. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Cool. Uh, yeah, and it's really cool because we learn how to weld. We learn how to do all this technical stuff, like uh, 3D modeling with like SolidWorks mm-hmm. and, uh, and product design and development and industrial automation, too. And um, it, it's really interesting to see how everything pulls together and how good the major is. So there was a project that I did maybe uh, last year. So uh, we take all these separate courses in IT, and it's really hard to see how they all tie up into with each other. Um, so essentially, the course was to design and manufacture a prototype, procure material, just start a business within 10 weeks. And I didn't think that my team and I would be able to do it, but it kind of just showed how powerful every class I took was. And we were able to successfully create a bunch of products and sell them all and make profit Thanks within 10 weeks. Very cool. And so you're doing the fire pits, right? Yeah. So uh, we decided to find our opportunity in uh, creating a social environment for people. And nothing like kind of ex- explains that better than having a fire pit, you know? Right. So uh, that it was a really cool process. And I was the operation manager for that. Uh, I was a 30 at the time. And uh, it was a really hard task. But the way I saw it was... It was a class at the end of the day, so it was an opportunity to do something that you're not usually comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And that class really prepared me for like the things that I was going to do over summer and eventually through this year for my senior project and, yeah, so forth, yeah. And so as operations manager, you were really able to see the whole business side as far as selling them because yeah. you had to meet a quota as well as hand-building them all, right? Exactly. So operation manager is like the, the kind of leader, the backbone of the projects so you set the deadlines you kind of tell people what they need to do and I've never been in a position like that before so it was a little bit difficult for me in the beginning to be pushy and tell people what they need Mm -hmm. to do because I've always been like a very like lenient like kind of like passive person you know so um but in the end like we got everything done and the project turned out great it's something I'm really proud about and it's just such a great experience to have like all the successes all the failures they all kind of contribute a lot to uh, my future and my growth as a student at Cal Poly. Mm-hmm. And how were involved were you in actually assembling them? Oh, uh, them? very involved. So we developed the process and like process standards. And in the end, we created a 300 page production manual. Wow. So if you took the production manual 
and read through everything, it shows you our develop phase. So we started off with, uh, and so to design a product, you start with the opportunity identification. So you go into the you go into the class not knowing what's what the outcome is going to be. Mm-hmm. So you have to sit down with your group and kind of uh, trickle down through ideas. Like we look for op- opportunities. Like what what's something that you find difficult, or what's something that you wish you had? And those are opportunities that you find. So once you find those opportunities, you create solutions for them. So when you design a product, you start with problems, and then you come up with solutions. Mm-hmm. So we start with that, and once we kind of uh, for our solution phase, we kind of brainstormed and everyone brought in an idea of what they think the uh solution should be so that's through like drawings and like solidworks files and eventually we chose on a design and after the design we went into our prototyping phase um so we got any materials that we could find in the lab like corrugate board like cardboard or aluminum foil and we just created a a a quick prototype of what we imagined the the product will feel like. Mm-hmm. And after that, we just deci- like decided on what the materials were going to be for each component and what the best way to manufacture it was. So then we came up with our, uh, I want to say it was the beta. I think it might be the beta prototype, which mm-hmm. is like using actual production uh, processes to create a prototype. And after that, we procured all the materials and we each invested $300 of our personal money in a group wow. of 12. So it was a collaborative like problem. So, um, project so once we did that we started production and then we ramped up our production time found ways to improve what was the production time uh well we had like five weeks actually so by the time we find found our stuff uh we had about five five weeks to do it um i can't remember how long it took to make one pit but we were so the first couple weeks were rough but then we optimized everything and then it became really easy and we were using a variety of different uh processes like welding and we were also using cnc machines which are like numerically controlled by computers Mm -hmm. so we have a water jet and that's how we etched the design into it and towards so while you're doing all this production you're also thinking about your marketing side right and when back to like the product development phase of the you know uh generating ideas and solutions in order to do that you have to have like interviews with like people who Mm -hmm would buy you have to identify the market right and once you do that you identify what the market wants so based off all the input that we got we designed a product and that's the one we went through with and yeah it includes a variety of different designs from like band saws to uh plasma cutting and water jetting to welding and just all, all sorts of different things so while we did that we were also marketing it so we were we had this whole marketing team that was pushing the product out and our our biggest target market were like students who had houses with backyards. Mm-hmm. It's a really good looking fire pit. Uh, you probably might have seen one around, but yeah. Now, how involved were professors? And I mean, with especially with the welding and the CNC, right? Had you taken classes before, so you knew how to do that? Yeah. Did a student know how to do that? How so that there were uh, there was one professor who was really helpful the whole time, very experienced guy. Uh, and there were a group of like ISAs, so people who had taken the classes beforehand and are now volunteering to help uh future classes find you know kind of help them out with stuff production they they know all the processes really well all the machinery super well mm-hmm. and um the classes so the capstone course pulls everything so uh we took a class that taught us how to use the lab and then we taught we took a class that taught us how to design a product we took a class that told us how to develop one and then we also took marketing classes it took every aspect and that's what it blows my mind is because going through those classes i went well, how will I ever apply this? And then I was given with the opportunity for a capstone course to pull everything that we know. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that, like, you have this all, all this, like, knowledge that you didn't know how to connect with each other. Right. And that class just brings it all together. 
Wow. And so you were third year when you took it. Is that normal? Is it only third years? Um, no. So usually people take it right when they right before they graduate. Okay. Um, but I found out. That's kind of their awesome. senior yeah. project? Uh, not quite. So okay. I always thought it was my senior project, but it's actually just a, a, cl- a class, like a okay. really hard class. Uh, that could, and a lot of people would say that it's harder than your senior project. Uh, yeah, but it was a really insightful uh, project, and we all got to walk away with about six hundred dollars. So, wow! Yeah, uh, so but we were, were in the lab, like gri- yeah, we were in the lab grinding though. And what's hard is that there was two other, for our quarter, there were two other people who were making mm-hmm. uh, products in the same lab, so we had to fight over uh, like machine times and you know mm-hmm. cut all these things, welding gas, and like find out how much we owe the the IT labs for the things that we used up. Um, and the competition kind of drove the competitive spirit of, like, that class. So we were all trying to one-up the other classes, but, or the other groups, but they all did a really great job. <laughs> so in the end, they, it, it worked out really good. So it seems like you really love your major, but I understand that's not how you started. Yeah. Like how far so, uh, I don't know, just growing up with, like, Asian parents, they always pushed me to want to go for, like, Harvard or, like, UC, right, all this. Right. So I always looked at, I don't know, I always looked at myself in the future. I always said to myself, you know what? I'm going to go to UC, you know? So when I was applying for the college, uh, I applied for all the UCs. Like, oh, I'm going to go to one of these, you know? Mm-hmm. Chose all these majors. Got to Cal Poly. I, I looked at it. I said, yeah, I was like, go here. Pretty slim. So I chose a random major that I thought was interesting, and it was sociology. And I always thought... And this is why you should totally research your major before you get here. Um, Yeah, so it was sociology, and I told myself, oh, social, like, social? I love being social. That's super fun. And then study of being social. Like, who wouldn't want to do? I I thought it was more communications. Right. Uh, So two months later, I I looked up my major, and I was like, social. I didn't realize it could also stand for society. And that's what sociology is, a study of society and, like, like how every like you know like social structures uh-huh. and just like all these components that influence like how society functions and i kind of walked in i was like i don't know if this is exactly what i want to do forever right. uh and i was just so convinced that i wanted to be a business kid and i went to the change of major workshop did all this change of major stuff to get to the uh business peer advisor who told me like, business is, like, a 3.3, and I totally could achieve a 3.3, but, like, just my mentality with everything is, why would I maybe get a 3.3 and put in, like, 90% effort when I could for sure put in less effort and get something else? So they were, like, IT is a really great major. There's only 2.5 to switch in. I said, I'll look into it. So I looked into it. I was, like, you know what? Do I have what it takes to be an IT kid? And I thought about it. I was, like, yeah. So looking back now, like, hindsight 2020, switching to IT was, like, the best decision I could have ever made. Because I think business is super cool. I just, at this moment in my life, I don't see how I could have chosen anything else. Right. And how is switching your major? Uh, pretty easy. A little bit stressful. Uh, and, and was with, that your first quarter at Cal Poly? Uh, so it was my second quarter. Second yeah. Quarter. So you take one quarter. You have you can't switch in your second quarter. Right. And uh, I didn't realize that when I was switching majors, I hit the two-quarter check mark. So like I said, it's going to take me two quarters to ac- accomplish three classes. And within those three classes, you have to get a certain GPA. And I took all those three classes the next quarter, mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, guys, I'm ready to switch. And they're like, whoa, 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 like, you fulfilled all requirements, yes, but you checked that it's going to take you two quarters. So you have to wait another quarter until you can switch in. And I got nervous because the next quarter I loaded myself with really hard classes, and if you get a, an F or a, a unauthorized withdrawal, you automatically get dropped from that. So there was one quarter where I was like, no, I can't slip up, you know. Like, I was just like, that kind of 
I didn't need that extra stress because I already accomplished. I had the intent to accomplish it within a quarter. Right. So. And did that set you behind at all on no, the flow chart for IT? No. So actually, even switching majors, even though I switched a little bit earlier, uh, I have one more class to take before I graduate. And this is fall quarter of <laughs> my senior year. Uh, but one thing I would recommend a lot is to take online classes. Online classes. Uh, I took all my C's online over okay. summer. Super easy. One Sunday afternoon, you get three classes. And three then, classes over summer. Yeah, and then you find these like kind of like loopholes on how you can like <laughs> overlap classes and have them okay. count for your GEs while also accounting for IT classes. Mm-hmm. But uh, somehow everything worked out, and I have ten units, and there's. So I have an IT elective and a D5 to take, but there's a way to get one class, Arrow 310, that will cover the IT elective and the GE. There there's one quarter, but uh, I've been, so it actually patches open up today, and I was looking for ways to uh, kind of, I have two quarters left and not many classes to take, so I want to make sure that the classes I do take kind of do help contribute to my future mm-hmm. career. So I've been looking at a lot of industrial engineering classes, and I'm going to take a couple of those next quarter, so... Very cool. And yeah. going back to the online classes, what school did you go through? Uh, Foothill. Foothill. Yeah, okay. super easy uh, to register. Everything transfers over really, really well. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So I highly recommend that. And so with your kind of free schedule for the next two quarters, are you? do you have a range of classes you can take, or are you somewhat restricted to those around your major? Uh, I can take – so I think Cal Poly has a, like a thing where you can take up to four classes, pass, no pass. Okay. And those are intended to be for classes that you're interested in but necessarily don't think you're going to do too great in. Right. And uh, I want to learn about all these things for, like, industrial engineering because yeah. that's, kind of like, where we overlap. And there's a lot of classes I think would reinforce what I already learned. Um, but – I'm not too limited. I can still take a lot of IT classes. There's still a lot of IT classes I can take. I just don't need to. Right. But I, because IT is like really weird too, because there's, it's essentially two completely different majors put into one. Like, I don't know how industrial technology and packaging go together at all. But uh, as an IT major for operations, that's what I am. I'm still required to take four five, five electives. And those electives are any IT classes. And if you don't take those operations ones, they're all packaging ones. Oh. So at this age right now, I know way too much about cardboard and <laughs> and paper. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's just like this whole knowledge that just consumes so much of my brain. Um, well, it's super cool, all the classes that are offered. I mean, yeah. I'm in a two-unit bio and a two-unit BMED class. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, my professors are like, hey, you guys are engineers. You're all sorts. You all have your tracks. But... I'm pretty much here to show you that there's a lot more than what's yeah no absolutely especially with like engineering everything does kind of overlap there's a lot of principles that like just because you're aerospace doesn't mean you can't right aerospace is very mechanical but there's Mm -hmm. also a lot of a lot of aerospace people will become manufacturing engineers so it's like really cool to have that kind of like movement so like in the future like career wise like you don't have to worry about like stability because you can always move around and even more with it I mean yeah look at your internships yeah that was you were kind of Taking charge of the aerospace industry right there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so essentially, uh, so yeah, I had an internship at Northrop Grumman, which is super cool. Uh, I learned a lot of good stuff there. And it just kind of showed me that uh, with process improvements and manufacturing, your limitation is that there has to be a physical product being produced. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's much less... Uh, you know, tech, it's more like, you know, software, stuff. I, I can't do anything with those. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, for an IT student's perspective, and I think a lot of people will agree with me on this, the big four for our major is everything in aerospace and medical. If you go to those, you're like big time. So a lot of IT kids end up going to Northrop or Lockheed, Boeing or Medtronic, all these like big many because they produce physical products and they have processes that need to be improved. And that's kind of where we're kind of specialized as. So getting your internship, what was kind of the route you took? Was it career fair, um, peak connections you knew? Yeah. Um, actually, I wasn't like super serious about an internship until I took my best friend Garth up into the Bay Area. And I didn't know what to do up there, taking him around for like a week. Uh, so I and just, when was that? that? This was maybe winter. This was winter break of last year, so my okay. junior year. And I just like, we got bored. So we just went to every tech company and just kind of chilled on their campus for a little bit. So we started with <laughs> Apple and then we were just mind blown. Oh yeah. And we looked at each other, at like, the new campus, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So they got this crazy setup and we looked at each other like, this is wild. <laughs> and then we went to Google and we like stole their bikes and rode around campus, you know, and just like talking to employees and just mm. hearing about their story. Super fun. And then we like got in the car and we're like, dude, like this has been a wild day. Just going to every tech company and kind of seeing what it's like. And we looked at each other and said, we have to get good jobs. Like we got to like full send. Um, so we went home that day and this is on vacation and we just went on every website we knew and just applied to a bunch of different jobs. Wow. And um, yeah, I didn't expect anything to happen from that. And I've actually never had really good luck with any career fairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always just tell me to apply online. And it's like, okay so uh yeah so eventually um randomly and this is i just remember this moment so vividly i don't know i was just like kind of uh relaxing at home and my phone rings from like a, a la area code i'm like oh no not, not another salesperson you know and right. i completely all forgot that i applied to like all these things exactly uh and this guy calls me and then he's like hey like is this kevin i'm like yeah it's like this is uh dave from uh, orbital atk because that's what what i had applied for and like we're really interested in having you as like a manufacturing engineer here, uh, and Orbital at that time, because I, I went to the Winter Career Fair, mm-hmm. uh, looked at them, and this is around this time they had just got acquired by Northrop Grumman, so this was like big, you know, and everyone knew that, so everyone at the Career Fair was lined up for Northrop and Orbital, and because they knew that if they went into Orbital, right. they would get into Northrop eventually. Um, what did they tell you at the Career Fair? That I didn't go to talk to them because oh, okay. at this point I think I had already accepted my offer from orbital knowing that it was going to go into north gotcha, okay so i accepted when it was orbital which is in itself is a really good company mm-hmm. uh i think it was like top 20 for aerospace and defense mm-hmm. i like if you're in the industry orbital atk was big mm-hmm. um they had a really good and so the reason why Northrop bought them is because of their rocket boosters they like lost a contract mm-hmm. and it's very common in aerospace where you lose a contract, you just buy the whole company. Uh, so that's why, like, I don't know. The same thing happened recently with Boeing and Millennium. Uh-huh. Uh, my roommate works for Millennium, and my roommate also works for Boeing. But uh, Millennium won this contract, and then Boeing just bought them over. Wow. So they merged into, like, so it happens uh-huh. all the time, all these right. acquires. And then, yeah, so there's a lot of big mergers. But that one was, like, a really big stroke of good luck for me uh, just because Nor- Northrop is a huge name on the resume. So... Uh, they got acquired. I got hired by Orbital, and eventually, uh, when I started, they were fully Northrop Grumman. So uh, it was really cool to be a part. Well, fully Northrop Grumman, but you go in there and everything's still like Orbital, right? Because it takes like over two years to fully acquire someone. Mm-hmm. But Northrop Grumman took over Orbital ATK, 
and it became their fifth business sector, fifth or fourth, and it was the innovation systems uh, business sector. So it was like a big deal. Uh-huh. And this was down in LA? Yeah, so this was down in LA, and I'm from the Bay Area. Um, one thing I would say is that I think with internships, uh, if you have the opportunity to relocate and live somewhere else for a little bit, mm-hmm. I think it's super helpful. Uh, just like the kind of insight you grow being away from home, like you want to step out of your comfort zone. Right. So that was my whole mentality is that I always told myself in middle school and high school that eventually I would make my way down to L.A., some someday I would look at hey, my dreams friends. come true. Look I was like, that. yeah, exactly, exactly. I look, well, look at my friends. I said, hey, dude, like, I don't know what it is, but one day we're gonna end up down there. And sure enough, like, opportunity came knocking, and I went down to LA. Um, moved there with my roommate James. He worked at Aerojet Rockadyne, and we lived together in an apartment right by CSU Northridge called University Commons. But wow. there were a lot of old people there. <laughs> it was just the weirdest thing. Yeah. There's a bunch of old people, uh, even though it's like our Mustang Village equivalent. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so yeah. what was the day-to-day down there over summer? Yeah, so, um, oh, man, it was so much fun. Just, like, something about aerospace and, like, defense is, like, the, the whole f- idea that you feel fulfilled. Like, the things that you're doing are going to push humanity forward, whether it's going to space or protecting people here. Right. Uh, I would wake up every single day. Uh, it's weird production. I, like, production hours are kind of weird. So as a manufacturing engineer, I kind of ran the production floor. Uh, so I would have to show up to work at, like, 6 o'clock. Uh, in the morning, I leave at four, and it's a nine eighty work schedule. So every other Friday, I had off, and uh, it was so much fun. And every single day, time just went by so fast. I had this whole routine going, and it just seemed like three months was enough time over there for me. Um, but yeah, I, I get to work and just work on things and go back home, just super happy. It's like that was so cool. I got to do the coolest right. things today. And work on some of the coolest like technology out there. So it was it was a really great experience. What were some of the different projects, and did they progress throughout summer? Were you kind of assigned to one and yeah? So that? I was on the I was assigned to uh, a program that is essentially uh, it's this uh, system that interfaces and programs tests missiles. Uh, every missile that's kind of fired goes through this one system if it's standard or common. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the program itself uh, has a lot of opportunity for improvement. It's kind of old. It's been around for like maybe 30 years. And uh, I walked in there and I sat down after orientation, just mind blown about everything. All this like 401k stuff or whatever. They just told me, and I was just, like so much stuff in my brain sat down and my like mentor came over who also graduated from Cal Poly. He was industrial technology as well. And he was the manufacturing engineer of that program. He dropped the giant flowchart on my table. I was like, this is the program I'm going to be working on. <laughs> and it just blew my mind. Uh, the number of part numbers and the number of part numbers that went into another part number to make a new part number, all these sub-assemblies going into higher level, it, it was just really difficult. And I told my, and he told me, he said, hey, uh, I've been here for like a year and a half, a year-ish. Uh, it took me about six months to understand this program. So don't feel bad if you don't understand anything, mm-hmm. you know. I just sat there and I was like, oh, so overwhelmed. So I kind of sat back, took a deep breath and said, let's take this like one bite at a time. Uh, So eventually, slowly slowly but surely, I like figured everything out. So by the time I was uh, maybe one month in, I was able to sustain the program. I I knew enough about it to kind of actively help in day-to-day actions. And it wasn't until my second month where I actually, everything just clicked to me one day. 
and I felt confident enough to start making improvements in the program. And how were you learning this program? Were you just kind of asking those around? Yeah, so the uh, the uh, the way you learn about the program is like just being on. So my my desk itself was on the production floor. So the best way to learn is we have these uh, field returns. So things that the Na- Na- Navy, Air Force, and the Marines they send back to us like, hey, this this thing broke. Can you fix it for us? Uh, so my job as a manufacturing engineer was to write the work instructions on how to repair it. And the hard part is like, how do you repair something you don't know? Mm-hmm. And that's the difficult part. But after one month of kind of taking it apart and putting it back together a couple times, I started memorizing the part numbers and not- like noticing where the common brakes were. Mm-hmm. And these were like electrical cables or just these, uh, it was kind of getting familiar with the process, process uh, pro- program. Mm-hmm. So um, by fixing them, you have to really take it apart and no- look at everything, inspect it, and then put it all back together. So you're like, okay, like I get it now. So it's kind of like putting your hands on the product. That's the only way you're going to learn. Right. Yeah. And so were you able to network a lot? I mean, do you have a lot of mentors now that, you know, were were you confined at all as an intern or was it – how was the, how's the atmosphere around you? Uh, it was – so I was actually uh, – Really, so Orbital ATK was a smaller company, and uh, midway through, uh, my mentor, who was a manufacturing engineer for my program, went to a different program in the same facility, mm-hmm. and I got a guy from Palmdale up in Northrop. So Palmdale Northrop working on aerospace, like F F twenty F thirty fives and like B twos, um, and he was telling me about how the work life experience was so much different at where I was mm-hmm. compared to. Uh, where he was and apparently where he was is very old-fashioned everyone's very formal with each other whereas like orbital my location felt a little bit more like a startup like a tight-knit family so i talked to all these different people all all these different interns around the facility and all these people from different programs and we were we were extremely cool and i just hearing about their story and getting to know them was like one of the best parts so yes networking was absolutely there wow and you definitely think that was due to the kind of smallness of the company. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. And everyone there is like an ex-military person. So <laughs> I, I would say, I don't know, professionalism isn't their forte, but they're super <laughs> great people to hang mm-hmm. around with. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was the big event that kind of all the aerospace companies got together? Yeah, so towards uh, the middle of my internship, there was, uh, it's called the Aerospace Games. And every single year since like the past, I want to say 10 or something, mm-hmm. uh, every single like SoCal aerospace company gets together and they go to the beach and they just compete against each other. And the person who hosts it is the person who won the previous year. So previously SpaceX had won. And I just thought it would be such a cool opportunity to go and kind of hang out with other people from other Northrop locations and get to meet other aerospace companies as well. Right. Uh, so I went uh, with my roommate, and it turns out Northrop actually ended up winning. So next year they'll they're gonna be hosting it. But what kind of games? What yeah, was... so it's like volleyball, okay. all these okay. like watermelon eating contests, <laughs> all, all this stuff. I was a little bit too nervous to like yeah. kind of put myself out there like that. Hey, but, you're uh, still network. That's good. Yeah, That's I was good. there. Uh, felt kind of awkward because like. No one from my facility went. Uh, none of the interns wanted to go. They didn't think it was going to be fun or something, but it, it was whatever. Good you got yourself out there. Yeah, exactly. And so now moving forward, are you looking you know, to go back yeah, or um, exploring elsewhere? So it's kind of a touchy subject. With yeah, Sears yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it, I, okay, so yeah, going back... Uh, 
I did a really good job and my boss was acknowledging that I was working at a full-time level already, uh, helped out the program a lot and I, I loved it. Uh, I went into his office to kind of figure out like more about manufacturing engineers and stuff like that. So I told him like right now at this moment, right now I can't make a decision that's going to affect myself yeah. a year from now. Like there's so many opportunities out there and there's so many places that you can be. I, I can't make that call right now. And I just told him like, I like freaking love this place and I, I really appreciate everything and I want to come back, but that decision is going to be something I'm going to make down the line. And I told him, I'm just going to reapply if uh, things go, you know, like wherever life takes us. I just, I don't believe that I can make a decision like that, like right now. Mm -hmm. So since then I've been just keeping an open mind, um, wherever the road leads, I, I have a envision of what I want to do in the future, but I kind of leave it up to like my present self and the events that happen to me right now to lead me to where I want to get. And what's like, the little dream vision right now? Uh, maybe we're, so aerospace defense is the, the place to be for me. Uh, might not be the biggest pain one, but the kind of fulfillment that you get from doing stuff that is really cool and really, uh, fulfilling. I, that, that's the, that's the thing that's keeping me to aerospace. Uh, medical devices are super cool too. And then uh, tech is also definitely a, a factor. But my whole life is I want to work in an industry that betters the life of people, uh, whether it's through pushing technology to take us to new places or make traveling easier or to create stuff that's going to defend the people here. So protecting lives and saving lives is like kind of what I want to use, like what I aspire to use my degree for. Uh, that's why medical and aerospace um, are where I want to be. And I worked for a medical device company two summers ago in Shanghai. Uh, my dad owns one, so he helped me out by uh, letting me have the experience of working there and actually like getting my hands on top of product, product projects. And uh, yeah, so me and Yuli, my other roommate, we, we were over there for a summer. Uh, that was super fun. But ultimately, uh, in the future, I, I don't. I want to work for aerospace or defense. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe leave California for a couple of years because it sticks to my mentality about wanting to experience things professionally that are going to also deepen my like personal like view of the world. Because I, I, I've just been in California my whole life. Uh, that's why I wanted to go from San Francisco to L.A. to get a new perspective. And now that I have both of them, I want to go to a different state for a little bit, kind of figure out what it's like over there. Just like, I, I don't want to get into a routine, so I want to keep throwing myself out of my comfort zone. Definitely. So I'm going to grow a lot. Uh, then after that, I want to get my MBA uh, and then come back down to California. Because my roots are always going to be here. <laughs> I can always come back. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, if people want to find you, what's what are you on? Yeah, so uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, Kevin Sun, K-E-V-I-N. And you're pretty active on that. Yeah, I try my best to be. Uh, although I, I don't post that much on it. I'll post things here and there. Mm -hmm. You know, just a little... Well, taste, taste, you taste, know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, or you can find me on Instagram. I think that's, oh, hi, it's Kevin. So, O-H-H-I-I-T-S-K-E-V-I-N. Uh, that stuff's pretty fun, too. Well, hey, you're on episode one of Polycast. This is good. This is good stuff, dude. Thank you so much, dude. Hell yeah. Pleasure having you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of Polycast. I will be posting more episodes shortly, which you can find on the Apple Podcast app as well as my website, davidkozik.com. I hope you enjoyed the show and stay tuned for more.